0: Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the news that Emile Smith-Rowe has finally signed on the dotted line. Emil Smith-Rowe has committed his long-term future to Arsenal Football Club. He'll be wearing the number 10 shirt this coming season, and it's fantastic brilliant news. We're going to be reacting to that news. We're going to be discussing Emil Smith-Rowe at length, and we're also going to bring you up to date with a few more bits and pieces on the transfer rumor front. So plenty to get into during this live show. Big good evening to everybody joining us live in the chat. Hope you guys are all well. Hope you've been enjoying the sunshine today. Hope you're not too hot. If you're here in the UK, I know a lot of people have been moaning about the heat, but I'll tell you what, I absolutely love it. Uh, Let's say a big hello to those of you who'll be watching this back later on. And of course, to those of you who will be listening via the audio platforms, in which case you'll probably be waking up to this show. uh, So good morning to you, wherever you are in the world. Right. uh, Let's get into it. Emil Smith-Rowe has finally signed on the dotted line. I think we all knew that the talks were progressing. We all knew that an announcement uh, was imminent. With regards to Emil Smith's rowes future, I think at the back end of last season, we all kind of recognised, didn't we, as a fan base, just how uh, impressive he had been and how far he'd come in that short period of time between Christmas and the end of last season. Then, of course, you know, we all got into this thing of, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe and, and Bukayo Saka, for example, are Arsenal's future. They're the people that are going to take us forward And then the the bids started coming in from Aston Villa. And I think that made a few people nervous because, you know, we've seen Arsenal do it in the past, haven't we? We've seen Arsenal sell on key, important players, players that we thought were going to be there for many, many years to come uh, in order to raise funds. And at a time like this, where Arsenal, of course, uh, are in a place like every other club where they've been hit and impacted by the coronavirus pandemic, you know, you could have been forgiven for thinking that, Hold on a minute. If the right amount of money was on the table here, Arsenal may have considered it. But it seems as though Arsenal were set on getting Emile Smith-Rowe tied down from the outset. Um, it's a brilliant sign in. I think what goes under the radar quite a bit with regards to Mikel Arteta and Edu and since the two of them have kind of taken uh, or in Arteta's case, but since he's taken some greater responsibility on that front, not only have Arsenal recruited quite well, you know, there've been a couple of dud signings, Willian springs to mind uh, when talking about that. But, you know, you have to give them credit for the for the for their ability to convince, persuade and sell the project that they're working on at Arsenal Football Club. Because since last summer, we have tied down Gabriel Martinelli, Kayo Saka, now Emil Smith-Rowe, following Baligan, Kieran Tierney. These guys have all signed um, long-term contracts with the club and Emil Smith-Rowe is the latest one to do that. So you have to say that the vision of Edu and Arteta, which is clearly to build an Arsenal for the future or an Arsenal that has time to develop and, and will grow together and hopefully get us back to where we need to be, what you have to say is that they're doing that and they're taking all the steps necessarily, uh, necessary Sorry, um, to build for that very, very positive future. Now, yes, does it mean a great deal if results aren't coming? And, and I heard someone say today that results are currency and that's exactly right. You know, results, um, results keep you going, results keep you in the job and they almost earn you the right, don't they, to be given more time. And Arsenal... You know, after last season, I think a lot of us kind of question how big KSE in the club would go on Mikel Arteta this summer, because, of course, he is in a place where there are question marks, there are doubts. And I think when you think about the fact that they are committing to giving big contracts to the likes of um, Emile Smith-Rowe, Bakayo Saka, or bigger contracts than they were initially on, Kieran Tierney, et cetera, et cetera, Martinelli, you've got to say that the club are Supporting Mikel Arteta in his vision, which seems to be to blood through these young players and make them the focal point of the squad, as opposed to uh, bringing in a ton of players from outside. But also, you know, based on what they've spent uh, during his time, you got to say that they are also backing him in that sense as well. I think something like securing the future of Emil Smith Rowe, securing the future of uh, Bukayo Saka that's something that the club should be doing regardless because they are some of the club's most valuable assets but for me the Emile Smith row signing you know is is massive and it's massive because there were two big bids on the table from Aston Villa there were offers there there was that kind of temptation maybe from Arsenal's perspective to say well you know This kid is is good and he's talented and he looks like he can go on and be a really good player. But there's a guaranteed £25 million sitting there. And are we strong enough? Do we believe in the vision enough, the project enough to say, no, we're not going to bite at that. And we're going to keep hold of the player. And I'm delighted to say Arsenal have done that. Now, speaking about Emil Smith-Rowe specifically... You know, he's the latest in a long line of youngsters at Arsenal Football Club and not just youngsters. You know, you look at people like Thomas Partey, like Gabriel, et cetera, et cetera, have joined the club in recent uh, sort of times. And he's the latest in the long line of people who have bought into what Mikel Arteta's vision is, have bought into what Mikel Arteta is wanting to do. So although as a fan base, we might be divided and we might be on the fence and we might be unsure about how good Mikel Arteta is and whether he's the man to take the club forward. It seems that some of our most valuable assets, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang included, who, whose stock was at an all-time high when he uh, signed on the dotted line uh, to uh, extend his contract by another three years. So you've got to say that even if we as fans or some of us as fans are not sure about Mikel Arteta, it seems that some of the club's biggest assets and biggest talents have been convinced of the work he's doing. They work with him on a day-to-day basis. And... Um, yeah, I think they, uh, they'll they be uh, absolutely um, fully on board. And that is a testament to Mikel Arteta, the way he's sold that vision across and based on what they've seen so far from him on the training ground and on the pitch. And that's what's really important. You know, I always say this sometimes as fans, we don't understand the inner goings on. We don't always understand exactly what the issues are. And it seems, though. That those who are working with Mikel Arteta, the ones that are, are still working with Mikel Arteta, the ones who remain at the club, are fully on board with him. And it's great to see uh, that Emil Smith Rowe is the latest to sign on the dotted line. Let's say a few more hellos in the chat. Let's say hello to Alex, to Chase, uh, to Kevin Campbell, Arsenal uh, hero. He says, Hope you will, Harry. Hope everyone is positive after the Emil Smith Rowe signing. Absolutely buzzing. And um, look, let's talk a little bit more about Emil Smith Rowe because. Um, I said on a podcast a couple of years ago now that of all the young players coming through at Arsenal, Emil Smith-Rowe was the one I was most excited about because for me, he was the most intelligent, he was the most creative and the most mature of that kind of group of players that come through. And I would argue even more so then Bukayo Saka. Now, I know, look, Bukayo Saka's an absolute legend. Love him. Uh, he's done a great job and he's deserved everything that's come his way. But I do think that Emil Smith-Rowe, from a technical point of view, is a more talented player. I think from an intelligence point of view, I think he's a better player. Now, that's just my personal opinion. There'll be people that disagree with that and that's absolutely fine. And this is not to knock Bukayo Saka in any way, shape or form. But I think Emile Smith-Rowe is one of those young players that the first time I saw him, I said, this guy is going to be a player. And sometimes you can spot them. Sometimes they stand out. Sometimes they shine brighter than everybody else. And Emile Smith-Rowe was certainly one of those players for me. I think his sort of football intelligence that I just kind of mentioned allows him to get into really effective positions, not just centrally, but from the left, from the right. I think he's got this Elegance in the way that he carries the ball. I think he almost glides past people, uh, a bit like Jack Grealish does at times, where it doesn't look like there's an awful lot of pace there or that there's an awful lot of power or thrust in what he's doing, but he manages to go past people quite easily anyway. His close control is fantastic. The weight of his passing is brilliant. I just think he is on a, a different level to so many players that we've seen come through at Arsenal in recent years. And at the time, I said, that I hadn't been this excited about an Arsenal prospect since... Sesc uh, Fabregas. I said it about two players since Sesc Fabregas. One of them was Gabriel Martinelli and the other one is Emil Smith Rowe. These are two players that I am absolutely buzzing about and cannot wait to see more of in an Arsenal shirt. And Emil Smith Rowe, to show the faith that the club have in him, has been given the number 10 shirt, which has been worn by Arsenal legends of years gone by. That's a pretty big deal. And for all of those who were reporting that James Madison was Arsenal bound, Um, and that, you know, he he still might be Arsenal-bound, but that part of his contract or part of the agreement that he'd reached with Arsenal Football Club was that he was going to be given the number 10 shirt. Well, that's gone out the window now because Emil Smith-Rowe is the man uh, who is going to wear the shirt, and he is the one who has been tasked with taking on that great responsibility and taking this club onto bigger and better things. Was at the club since he was nine years old, and I mean, for me you know, that's just a really great success story, isn't it? A young lad who worked his way up, battled his way through and made a star of himself. He had a couple of loan spells, uh, one in Germany and one at Huddersfield Town, uh, which really helped him out, I thought. And yeah, you know, on the one hand, I do worry a little bit about Emil Smith-Rowe physically. I do think that he's not maybe quite as Robust as he'd like to be, but perhaps he'll develop in that sense. Perhaps he'll get better in terms of that thing. And I think the the fact that Arsenal are going to be playing less games next season um, will obviously help. A Mill Smith row one a week uh, is obviously a lot easier to cope with, and it's a lot easier to kind of get into your routine, recover from games. You're not going to have that traveling to the kind of arse end of nowhere, somewhere in in Europe uh, to go and play a game against the really unfancied side. So. There's all of that stuff, and I think that will benefit Emil Smith-Rowe too. But look, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You know, Mikel Arteta has persuaded Bakayo Saka, an England hero. He's persuaded Emil Smith-Rowe, one of the country, in my opinion,'s brightest young talents. He's tied down Gabriel Martinelli. He's tied down Kieran Tierney. He's got all these players on board, following Balogun, another one that Arsenal fans were going kind of, crazy about and and making a big fuss about the fact that he should be given a new deal. He is also signed on the dotted line. So if nothing else, Mikel Arteta is one hell of a salesman because he's managed to persuade these guys that their future is at Arsenal Football Club. Now, the details of the deal are unclear. There have been some reports, but I don't want to get dragged into speculation about things I don't know. What I do know, though, is that the contract is until 2026. So Emil Smith Rowe will stay with the club uh, for at least another five years. Unless, of course, the club decide to move him on themselves. But that's really uh, positive news, really great news. And he's part of this core that we are building. And this project that we were talking about all of last season, and people were getting kind of frustrated about, it is taking shape. I mean, if you look at the back line, you've got Kieran Tierney, who I've just mentioned, who is absolutely phenomenal and is going to be at the club for many, many years to come. You've got Gabriel, who I think has got all the makings of a really top centre-half. When Ben White comes in, you've got another uh, young and thriving centre-half who's only going to get better. Right back is a position that there's maybe a bit of a question mark over, but then you move into midfield and you've got the seasoned pro in, of course, Thomas Partey. Sambi Lakonga's come in to be that longer-term kind of fixture in there. And I think Arsenal will probably get another midfielder in the 23 to uh, 24-year-old profile. Then you move forward and you've got Emile Smith-Rowe and you've got Bukayo Saka. And you can think of at least five, six positions now in that Arsenal side as positions that will be held down by players that Arsenal see being with the club for the long term so you've got that core there and now it's about building around them finding that right blend with youth uh exuberance and experience and getting into a place where Arsenal have that right blend and can compete again I think things are looking quite positive I I really really do and I think that yes last season's results were unacceptable um and and you know there's no getting away from that. But I do take encouragement from the way Mikel Arteta has come in and ripped out the heart of this squad. Uh, and it was an aging, it was a uninterested, it was un, an uninspired squad. And he's taken all these players out of it: the, the Ozil's, the Socrates's, the Mustafis, you know, the Gwenduzis, the players who maybe attitude wise weren't quite at the races. He's gutted the team, and he's gone again. And it's going to take time for him to get eventually what will be his team. But I'm confident that we are at least making the move, the right moves in the transfer market, that we're on an upward trajectory, and fingers crossed that translates into results. Now, my biggest kind of fear is that we start the season poorly because we've got some difficult fixtures coming up. We may not have all of our business done by that point, and then people are going to get on his back. But for me, there is a vision there. Now, the vision might not work you know there's no guarantees in life or there are very few guarantees in life anyway but the vision is there the idea is there the plan is clear for everybody to see it's about bringing in players of a younger profile around not as i keep saying not 18 year olds not 19 year olds 21 22 23 year olds who are just at that next stage of their careers who have got room to improve who will hold sell on value in the future and protect the club from a business perspective but who also should develop into the type of players and the level of players that will be able to compete with some of the Premier League's very best. So I'm excited. It's a bit of a long game, and I think we're going to have to accept that as an Arsenal fan base. But the plan is clear for all to see. If it doesn't work, then we'll review it. But for now, I think you should be encouraged. I think you should be positive. And it's great to see Emil Smith-Rowe signing on the dotted line and being given the number 10 shirt, which he fully uh, deserves. Let's pick out Uh, a few of uh, Emil Smith Rose comments because he did say um, he did say that he wants to be an Arsenal legend. He said that signing the contract means so much to him. He's been waiting for it and to carry on playing for this club. It just means the world to him. Um, He went on to talk about the fact that he wants to become a legend at the club. Uh, He talked about it being a bit of an up and down journey. There have been some downs with injuries and so on, but he feels like he's had a lot of experience and that going out on loan uh, has done him good. Um, He he was asked about Mikel Arteta and he talked glowingly actually about Mikel Arteta, which is always great to see. Uh, He talked about how uh, much faith Mikel Arteta was shown in him, but he did go on to say that the manager always wants me to score more goals. I think that's important for the position I play in, so I just want to try and score and create more goals for the team. I think that will help us majorly. So that's what I'm going to focus on in training. So yes, Mikel Arteta has shown faith in him, has you know, really given him a lot of praise and helped boost his confidence, but also has identified the areas in which Emil Smith-Rowe needs to improve. And that is the glaringly obvious one. So good to see that Arsenal, um, Emil Smith-Rowe and Mikel Arteta were looking to address that, because that is is a a big deal for me. Uh, Matt G in the comments says, uh, I'm happy just to shut those Villa fans up. Oh, me too. I mean, if they ever thought that they were going to, um, you know, they were going to come in and take Emile smith row away from us. Uh, they had another thing coming. So I'm delighted that Arsenal uh, have uh, resisted the offers, which were quite tempting, to be fair. Um, but they've resisted those offers and they've uh, gone out on a limb, given Emile Smith-Rowe the contract that we feel he deserves. Five years, he'll be wearing the number 10 shirt and hopefully he can go on and be a future star at the football club. I'm a massive, massive fan of um, of emil smith row and um i'm delighted with this news today and it's a weird one because i knew it was coming you know we talked about it so many times on this podcast people were asking me in the comment section pretty much every day what's the latest on emil smith row and i kept saying it's happening relax it is happening it is coming and now it's come it's like even though i knew about it i'm still really excited and really positive and really happy about it so yeah I'm, i'm delighted and look i can see some of you kind of having a go um in the, uh, in the chat box about me maybe being too positive about what Mikel Arteta is trying to do about the project that Arsenal are currently uh, undertaking. But I, I do see it. I do see the idea behind it. I do see the, the plan. And, you know, it might not work. You know, there, as I say, there are only two real guarantees in life, right? One that you've got to pay tax and two that you're going to kick the bucket at some point. But other than that, there are very few guarantees. So, we can't sit here and say it's going to see Arsenal go on to be Premier League winners or win the Champions League. But what we can say is that after years and years and years of signing the wrong profile of players, of being stuck with deadwood at our football club, we have got a manager now who has attacked this head on. He's ripped out what he believes to be the deadwood, And some of it, you know, you won't agree with, you know, there's been a lot of opposition to the likes of Matteo Genduzzi moving on to William Saliba being sent out on loan again. Um, you know, the, the Messer Ozil thing, that irritated me because I felt like at the time we were really missing that type of player. So, yeah, there have been question marks along the way, but at least he's been brave enough. At least he's been bold enough to come in and make those moves and rip the heart out of this squad, as I keep saying. And, and start the rebuild. And the rebuild involves securing down a core of talented young players who understand what it means to be Arsenal players, who understand what the club is and what the club is all about. And, and in Bukayo Saka, in Emile Smith-Rowe, um, Academy graduates, you know, you've got exactly that. And you supplement that with some nice uh, talent from across the kind of globe as well. You put the likes of Gabriel in there, Kieran Tierney, who, were, of course, was brought in from scottish football and you start to see a shape and you start to understand where it is uh, that mikel arteta is trying to get to whether he'll be given the time to complete the job or not remains to be seen but the club seem to be backing him they've they've basically gone with everything he's wanted uh, they've brought in players that he's asked for they've made money available this summer despite all the uh impact of the coronavirus pandemic, and they've tied down some of his, uh, his key young players. So all positive uh, for me today. I'm feeling good about the Arsenal. That might change in a few weeks' time, but that's where I am uh, as we speak right now. Uh, right. Let's, uh, let's pick out a couple of other quick stories, uh, before we come over to your questions in the live chat box. Before I do that though, I just want to quickly remind you all that this podcast is brought to you by manscape.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to manscape.com and you can enter our discount code which is 90 min 20 and you'll receive 20 percent off of your order as well as free shipping it's the summer you might want to address that area i know we've been in lockdown for a while but it is really important you never know as i always say that next date you go on it might go better than you thought and then you'd wish uh you'd got that manscaped out so head over stand to save yourself uh, a fair amount of money as well um it's a brilliant offer it's a brilliant uh, deal and there's some great products there so do check them out now let me bring you up to speed on a couple of other bits and i want to start off uh, with the future of manuel locatelli now there have been noises this afternoon coming from the italian media corriere dello sport uh, are leading this one suggesting that juventus have reached some kind of agreement with sassuolo and that manuel locatelli is Chirin bound. now i know a lot of us thought this was going to be the case. Um, I've kind of campaigned for the fact that I really feel Locatelli would be someone that would add a lot to this Arsenal side and in an area that we really need it in midfield. But of course, uh, it does seem like Juve is is where he's going to end up. It's his preferred destination. And from the reports uh, put out by Corriere dello Sport, it seems that Sassuolo uh, are willing to compromise with Juve after they put to the table the idea of uh, sending a player Or two, even the other way. Now, to Sassuolo, that appeals quite a bit because there's a couple of young Italian talents at Juventus that they are very, very interested in that they don't feel are going to get adequate opportunities at Juve. What this does, this is Sassuolo's model, right? This is what Sassuolo do. They bring on young players, they took uh, Locatelli from Milan. They, they look to develop them and then they look to sell them on for big, big money. And they'd be hoping they could do that again. If they take a couple of young Juve stars, uh, who are unlikely, as I say, to break through into the first team because of so how big the squad is because of how much talent Max Allegri has at his disposal. And Sassuolo are looking at that as an opportunity. They're still going to get a fair fee from Juve, but it's going to be kicked down the road, it seems. And that transfer, uh, permanent transfer anyway is likely to be completed at the end of the season as opposed to before it kicks off so that's the latest on Manuel Locatelli. So Arsenal's hopes of landing him diminishing day by day. Uh, another player who's come up in the media today that we were linked with earlier on in the window, but it seems to have gone completely quiet on, is Sheffield United's Sander Berger. Now, he's been heavily linked with a move to Arsenal for the best part of 12 months now. And it the reports coming out this afternoon are claiming that Sheffield United are now willing to sell him However, as I say, this one has slowed down a little bit. This one has quietened down a little bit. And this one uh, is not one that I think is at an advanced stage by any stretch of the imagination. We've heard time and time again that he's a player Arsenal-like, that Mikel Arteta likes. Nothing has materialised as of yet. And as I say, whilst it's gone quiet lately in terms of rumours linking Sanderberger to Arsenal, they have resurfaced again uh, today. Also, there was a bit from The Athletic uh, this afternoon uh, talking about Arsenal's interest in Tammy Abraham. They've confirmed that that interest is real. And once The Athletic start reporting, it, I think that for a lot of us, that kind of means there's obviously a lot more behind it. Uh, and And with all due respect to the tabloids if the Athletic report it, I feel a lot more comfortable about it than if it comes from any of the tabloids. So yeah, they're a much more reliable source, I would say anyway, and it feels as though um, their piece on Tammy Abraham is quite accurate. They talk about the fact that he would add something different to Arsenal in comparison to what we currently have in our strikers, which is something I talked about quite a bit yesterday. Um, But they also go on to say that While there is an interest and the idea of Arsenal bringing in a centre forward this summer has kind of floated around in their transfer strategy discussions it would be dependent on people going out. And I think the most likely to go out is probably Eddie Nketiah. Now, Eddie Nketiah has been offered a new contract by Arsenal Football Club, but at the moment, he doesn't want to sign it. And I don't blame him because he's not getting guarantees around game time. Eddie Nketiah, for me, is at a point in his career where he needs to be playing football regularly. And I just don't see him leading the line for Arsenal. So I think he will probably be sold. And the other player that might have to make way uh, for uh, Tammy Abraham, if that was to happen is of course, Alexander Lacazette. We keep talking about his contract situation and that is something that Arsenal are said to be quite uncomfortable with at the moment. So you've got to make a decision on Lacquer if that's the case, one way or the other, you either give him a contract extension and you keep him at the club or you move him on now. And, um, and it seems that Arsenal, if they could do that, might turn to Tammy Abraham as an alternative. So that's the latest on Locatelli, on Sander Berger, on Tammy Abraham. And uh, of course, uh, we're in a celebratory mood this evening, aren't we? Because we're celebrating Emil Smith Rowe's new Arsenal contract. As I say, for those of you joining us late, a five year deal. He'll wear the number 10 shirt. And, um, you know, sometimes keeping hold of your best players can be just as important, if not more important, than the ones you bring in. So fair play to Arsenal for getting this done. It's not the first young player um, of of great talent and promise that we've managed to secure uh, or tie down in the last 12 to 15 months or so. So fair play to Mikel Arteta and Edu uh, for their work on that front. Like you can disagree with their tactics. You can say you don't like Mikel Arteta's substitutions, which is this mad criticism that is thrown at him bloody every single week. But you can't criticise him on this. You can't criticise Eddie on this. I think they're doing a really good job in that sense. Uh big thank you to Said Abdullah for your very kind super chat donation. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Uh, just going to remind you guys, uh, or prompt you guys, I should say, to pop your questions in the live chat. Put a little cue at the beginning of them so that I can pick them out a little bit easier. And let's quickly check in where we are in terms of likes on the video right now. I can see there's over 250 of you watching us live on YouTube, but we've only got 66 likes. Let's get that up to 100 ASAP. It shouldn't be difficult at all. Right, let's take some of the questions. What have we got here? Let's take this one. Uh, from Roy Eaton. Um, he says, as Man United are looking at Ruben Neves, should we inquire about Kamavinga? This is an interesting one because Wren indicated the other day that Kamavinga could be on the move this summer that they'd be open to selling him. I think we all knew and understood and were aware of the fact that uh, Ren. Are not necessarily in a position to be able to turn down mega money for the player. He is a player that was quite heavily linked with Manchester United, but it seems like they are quite big on Ruben Neves, and that could potentially open the door for Arsenal to swoop in. I've heard great things about Kamavinga, but I can't say. I've watched an awful lot of him. So I'm not going to pretend to know lots and lots about the player. But he is someone that we've heard lots about in recent months. He is somebody that Arsenal have been linked with in the past. Looked like he was Manchester United bound, but that's not really progressed. So there is a chance uh, that that he could be available. And why not? Why not inquire? I know a lot of Arsenal fans on here anyway would be delighted with a signing like that. Um, Assassin General says, uh, we're not processing or I think he says, progressing as a club. This was the same when Oba signed his contract and seeing Arsenal's failures in the transfer market. Pathetic. No, it's it's not the same. Um, It's not the same because everybody kind of looks back on that Aubameyang contract now and says it was a mistake and we were wrong to do that. I guarantee you at the point Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang signed that contract, there were very few Arsenal fans out there, if any at all, who would have sat there and said, we should just let pierre emerick Aubameyang go everybody wanted to keep him we were desperate to keep him he'd carried us for two seasons prior to that literally on his own back he literally just carried us to Mikel arteta's first trophy to the fa cup win with a brace in the semi and a brace in the final pierre emerick Bamiang's contract might look like a mistake in hindsight off the back of a quite underwhelming season, but the reality is that every single one of us would have done it. And that's, that's what I keep saying about, you know, this plan that Mikel Arteta is seemingly trying to implement the, the idea of building this core of players. It might feel like the right thing to do right now. And I'd probably say it is if I had to go one way or the other, but you don't really know how things are going to pan out. And the Aubameyang thing is a pure, uh, it is proof of that. You know, it, it can go either way. Um, you know, again, people talking about failures in the transfer market. Let's wait until the window closes and then make our minds up on whether the transfer market has been a failure or this transfer window, I should say, has been a failure. I think we've addressed the left-back position, which was an area that that needed addressing. We've brought Sambi Lokonga in, a very exciting prospect who will backfill the first team, I'd imagine. And there's plenty of time to go in the window. We still need to address a couple more areas. And I'm quite confident that Arsenal will do that. Um, let me pick up this comment from where is it? Where is it? Chase, who says, how do you feel about our new approach of building around homegrown talent? I like it and understand that we will have to overpay, but I'm also cautious about overpaying for backups like Ramsdale starting with the first part of the question. How do I feel about the new approach of building around homegrown talent? I've not, I'm not against it. Um, my only concern with building around homegrown talent is, like you say, you find yourself in a place where you end up sometimes overpaying for people and that can be a problem in itself. I do think there are benefits, though. I think you get and and people might disagree with this, but I think you get favourable media coverage when you have um homegrown talents. And I think you probably get... uh better treatment from the referees and the officials as well. And the FA, I, I genuinely do believe that, that if you've got a core of young English players who are looked upon as the future of the national team, you do get benefits for that. You do get treated differently. You do get portrayed and painted in a different light. And You know, I I can remember back to the days when Arsene Wenger was bringing in French player after French player after French player, and everybody was going, Well, what is this? Arsenal's an English club. They should be having English players. Do you remember that? You know, to me, it didn't bother me in the slightest. I couldn't give a shit where someone's from. All I'm interested in is how good are they and can they produce for this football club? But it was an issue in those days. People used to talk about it all the time. And some of the decisions that I felt that we got against us, especially when we played Manchester United with their Gary Neville's and their Paul Scholes' and their David Beckham's and their Wayne Rooney's, et cetera, et cetera, I think were partly to do with that. So yeah, I'm, I think it's the right approach. I think there are benefits. Um, in in the kind of areas that I've just discussed, but I also think you kind of myth, you you get rid of that risk of someone coming from abroad and not being able to settle. And when you're picking up players from the Premier League, they know what it's all about. You've seen them in the environment that you're wanting them to succeed in. And I, I think yeah, it, it's a safer approach. Is is probably what I would say. Uh, what else have we got? Elliot Roberts says happy for the uh, Emil Smith row. News, it's vital for Arsenal's future. But what does that mean for the potential signing of James Madison this summer? I don't think it makes the slightest bit of difference. I think Arsenal will have been confident of Emil Smith-Rowe signing the contract right back when the, the negotiations begun. And so I don't think that Emile Smith-Rowe signing on the dotted line would uh, in any way have an impact on on the plan that I believe was probably already in place. I think Arsenal do need another creative midfield player just to take some of the burden and weight off of Emil Smith-Rowe at times. I think, as I mentioned on the podcast, um, uh, the, the last episode, I talked about the fact that I don't think that bringing in a number, another creative midfielder necessarily takes away from Emile Smith-Rowe. I actually think it takes the pressure off and we've seen him uh, thrive in other areas of the pitch as well. So I don't think bringing in, um, well, I don't think that signing Emil Smith Rowe up on this contract is going to change Arsenal's plans, whatever they might be with regards to James Madison. Uh, Matt says, do you think the delay to the Emil Smith contract was due to him negotiating the number 10? Um, not really. I think based on what Edu's had to say, uh, I think that they probably actually, um, the club were quite willing to do that. You know, I know numbers feel like they're not as significant as they used to be back in the day, but the number 10 is iconic, especially at a club like Arsenal. Uh, I don't think that Emile Smith Rowe, I I don't know. I don't see him as that type of character that would have gone in the room and said, I want the number 10 shirt or I'm not signing. I really don't. Uh, But We don't know what his representatives are like, um, so I'm not ruling it out. I just feel like it was probably more about the term and the wages. Because let's not forget, Emil Smith-Rowe was not on a wage anywhere like the rest of the first team prior to signing this contract. So in the second half of last season, when he was playing at the highest level and performing probably better than most Arsenal players out there, he wasn't on a level playing field with them in terms of wages. So that would have been the big thing for me, I think. Uh, Zeb Nice is a bit of a different question. Who do you predict to be our top scorer slash assister next season? Oh, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Nicola Pepe. I think Nicolas Pepe is going to be Arsenal's top goal scorer next season. I really, really do. The obvious choice would be Aubameyang, of course. Uh, and I'm not expecting Aubameyang to be as kind of lackluster as he was at the back end of last season. Uh, again, but I still feel like Nicolas Pepe is like bubbling quite nicely now in terms of getting towards his peak. And I think that Nicolas Pepe is going to have a great season next year. I'm really looking forward to watching him again. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, him. A little bit outside of the box, that one. Um, Alex McCarthy says, Madison's favorite number is number eight. Remember this comment, Harry, he will be signing. Maybe it's his favorite number, but I think it was, was it the AFC bell? I'm not sure. Someone on Twitter Uh, one of the big accounts was saying that part of Arsenal persuading Madison to come was him having the number 10 shirt, which is why I said that, because it kind of puts that to bed, doesn't it? This notion that Arsenal had had to offer up James Madison, this iconic shirt number at the football club to get him to come. What does that mean? Does that mean that that particular part of it was nonsense? Or does it mean that Arsenal were not actually serious or or believing that they can afford James Madison anyway. And so it's irrelevant if they give it to Smith Rowe. I don't know. Uh, AJ Morgan with a good question. Which is more of a priority, securing a Xhaka replacement or getting a marquee attacking midfielder in light of this new Emil Smith Rowe deal? For me, getting a J- granite Xhaka replacement is the most important area in which Arsenal have to recruit this summer. I've said that all along consistently. The, the news. With regards to Emil Smith Rowe, obviously, he's great, but that doesn't change my view on that. I think it's always been the priority, um, and that for me is is a really key key area. And Arsenal must do something there. I really do believe that. Um, BX Gunner eighty one says, uh, "Harry, should we worry about Martinelli leaving if he has another season like the last, where he's not getting sufficient game time and experience?" Not for me. Um, there's this kind of narrative that Mikel Arteta doesn't like Martinelli and he doesn't like younger players and actually started to use Martinelli a lot more at the back end of last season and I expect him to get even more game time going into this new season Martinelli another one committed his future to the club obviously on board with what Mikel Arteta is doing I don't for a second uh, have any worries about that at this moment in time If he does go on to be limited in his game time again, might that change down the line? Possibly. Uh, But for now, I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um, I think that I think that their relationship behind closed doors is uh, is a lot better than what we have kind of gathered based on the fact that he's not uh, he's not playing much. Uh, let's see what else we've got in the comments section. Uh, Andy, uh, says roughly how many more signings do you reckon we need to compete to get into the top four again? The top four is going to be really tough to break into this season, really tough. And, and let's be clear about that before we go into the campaign. Let's not have overinflated expectations about what it is that this Arsenal side can achieve because Manchester city are an absolute machine. Chelsea, under Thomas Tuchel, are a much better proposition. And I expect them to strengthen and spend big again this summer. Liverpool are still ahead of us, even though they didn't have their greatest season last time out. And I think right now, Manchester United are probably ahead of us as well. So, you know, those clubs are all going to add. Those clubs are all going to be looking to improve. So it's not going to be easy to get into the top four regardless. But in order to compete, I think we do need another centre midfielder. I think we do need... Um, a better right back, and I do think that we need a creative midfield player. I think those are the three areas that I would like to see Arsenal strengthening in terms of bringing in long-term solutions and people that are ready for the here and now. Uh, when you're talking about other areas that are of need, obviously the goalkeeper area is is a big concern. But I'd be okay with Arsenal bringing in someone in the profile of Matt Ryan to kind of backfill Burn Leno for another season. You know, these, these links with Ramsdale, they're making me feel as though Burn Leno is, is perhaps headed for an exit, uh, in which case then you do need to spend big and you do need to bring in a, a, a young goalkeeper and someone who could play the role for many, many years to come. Let's pick out uh, a couple more bits and pieces. Um, let's see what we've got. Uh, just scrolling down. Uh, Mile High Guna says, is Pepe going to get a new number at any point? And what would it be? I don't know. Um, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I don't mind Nicola Pepe with the uh, number 19. Uh, it's not bad. Um, Banos says, uh, any news on Ben White or a replacement for Bellerin? Ben White is booked in uh, to have his medical next week. Uh, from what I read earlier on, it's looking like the 28th, which is next Wednesday. Uh, and that is said to be the date that Ben White is going to undergo his medical. So you might get an announcement on that by the end of next week. As With regards to Hector Bellerin, he's not gone yet. And I don't think Arsenal will be moving to sign a replacement right back until that happens. Keep talking about it. But you've got Maitland-Niles at the club as well. Bellerin, Chambers, Cedric, that's four players who could potentially play it right back on Mikel Arteta's books at the moment. So I don't think that area is one of great priority. Once he goes, um, then I think that you probably will see uh, some movement in that area, but not right away. Uh, let's pick up uh, a couple more. Vishal, uh, one of our new members, Vishal, gave you a shout out on the last show. I don't know if you caught it, uh, but thank you uh, for signing up. He says, hi, Harry. Would you take James Ward-Prowse? He seems a solid option at midfield. Set-piece specialist as well. I quite like James Ward-Prowse. Um, I do. I think he's a, a decent centre midfield player. And I think the set-piece thing for me is is massive with him. Uh, it's one of his biggest weapons. It's one of his biggest qualities. I'm a fan of, of James Ward-Prowse. But it comes back to that situation, doesn't it, of, you know, how much are you going to have to pay to get him away uh, from a fellow Premier League club and then you got to think about whether he fits into this whole structure and plan that the Arsenal are building. I mean, I don't know how old James Ward-Prowse is. I'm just looking it up now. Uh, let's have a look if we can find the information. He's 26 years old. So, yeah, you know, he's got plenty of time uh, to continue developing and, and to to represent. But I, I don't know. I, I like James Ward-Prowse, but he's one of those players that I like him when I watch him on Match of the Day because he does things that catch the eye, scores free kicks, etc. etc. But is he is he is he quality enough to be our tempo setter, our rhythm setter in the middle of the park? I'm not hundred percent sure. I do like the player, but I don't think I'd be breaking the bank for him. I really don't uh what else have we got here? Um Matt says, Harry, do you think the All or Nothing documentary will help with your own channel growth? Um, I don't think so. I don't I don't really see the correlation um, or, or the link. I think we'll be doing some extra episodes on it for sure. We'll be discussing what we see in that. Um, and, you know, this is going to sound really like bad what I'm about to say, but basically I noticed that. When I was calling out Unai Emery as a manager that I didn't like and a manager that I didn't think was the right man, I found myself in a position where I was getting loads of work because I was, at the beginning anyway, one of the few voices that was, was calling for uh, Unai Emery to maybe be moved on or you know or was calling out some of the things that I thought were a problem with his management style. And that was the point at which I got enough work to basically quit my day job and start working on football and covering the Arsenal full time. And that particular trajectory or the, the, that particular kind of chain of events that led to Unai Emery sacking for me personally, and I'm not saying I like I desperately wanted the guy to get sacked because I didn't know what was going to follow but it did boost the podcast quite a bit because people who had maybe tuned in once or twice heard my views and thought this guy's talking absolute nonsense had then come back because they they realized that some of the points I made maybe they were starting to see them Uh, you know and then there were and and then from then on it's it's really grown on and I've been lucky enough to be able to work and do things that within the sport that I love and, and covering the sport I love that I probably wouldn't have got the opportunity to do before. And so I'm not bigging up Mikel Arteta because I want it to come true so that everybody says I was right. Again, it's not that, but I think the all or nothing documentary to kind of answer your question in a roundabout way might actually show some more of the things that Mikel Arteta is good at. And, open some people's eyes as to how much he's respected and loved by the players and why, or the players that are there now anyway, and why he maybe had some of the difficulties he had, uh, some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. Obviously it'll all be censored, but I'm just kind of thinking maybe it will cut Mikel Arteta some slack if he's shown in the way that the club want him to be shown as. And so maybe people will stop being so, Uh, aggressive towards me because for all the great people that are on the channel and that tune into every single show i get tons and tons and tons of people who come at me on twitter who comment on the videos they call me this and they call me that so you know maybe that will stop and then that will help the channel grow i don't know i don't know but it's it's a good question i never really thought about it until now um i don't see a direct correlation really but it is Um, it is something that we can create extra content around, which is always a positive, isn't it? Uh, Right. Let's take one more question uh, before we go. What have we got here? Um, Ron Wolf says, uh, Harry, would you run down Lacazette's contract and then buy Tony from Brentford next season? I don't know about Ivan, Tony. I think he had a, obviously had a really good season, didn't he, in the Championship and helped Brentford earn promotion to the big time. And obviously, we start off our campaign against Brentford, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see him in his first kind of game back in the Premier League. I, I'm not sure how many times he played for Newcastle in the Premier League, but it, if at all, it would have only been a handful of times. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing how Ivan Tony gets on. But this will be a big test for him. You know, make no mistake, the, the step up from League One to the Championship – Is not that big, not anywhere near as big anyway as the step up from the championship to the Premier League. So it's going to be interesting to see how Ivan Tony fares and maybe ask me that question uh, a little bit further down the line. But with regards to Lacazette's contract, I just think that Arsenal have just got to make a decision one way or the other. You know, you either move him on, get a bit of pocket changing that you can throw towards some other transfers, um, you know, or you give him at least a one-year contract extension. The reason I kind of think this is a more difficult decision than some people would probably have you believe is because I do think that with Alexander Lacazette, yeah, he's not as prolific, or he hasn't been as prolific throughout his Arsenal career as we'd have hoped when we broke the bank to bring him in from Lyon. But what he is, is a good influence around the dressing room. You know, you often hear about the youngsters talking about how much he helps them. I think he massively helped to bring the best out of Smith Rowe, out of Saka, out of uh, Nicola Pepe even, who I think he combines with really, really well. Uh, So I think that there are benefits to keeping Lacazette, but I just want Arsenal to be ruthless and and make decisions and then just go with them. And that's it, Uh, you know, because we've been, sometimes we've dilly-dallied on things and we've delayed making actual calls and we've ended up in situations where we've just let players' values completely diminish And then we can't get anything for them. And then we're kind of stuck with them. And we don't really like them. And the fans become a little bit apathetic towards them. And it's just a horrible uh, cycle. So I don't really want that to happen with Lacazette. Um, I think a decision just needs to be made one way or the other. Right. uh, I am going to leave it there. We've been going for just under 50 minutes. Thank you for all your brilliant interaction. As always, thank you for all your comments, questions, etc, etc. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And if you'd like to become a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. There are over 300 of you watching us live right now across the multiple platforms. So let's hit the like button. Let's get it up to at least 150. Now we're about 23, 24. 25, 26, 27, 28. My maths is terrible. Uh, We're a few likes away, basically, from hitting 150. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the like button and uh, I'll catch you all very, very soon with some more Arsenal-related content. Until then, take care. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast.